Thank you very much for your kind introduction. Good morning, everybody. It's been a long and wonderful journey to be standing here today. The journey began in Chicago, where I was born and raised. My parents were immigrants. They had little formal education, but they placed great value in education and gave me much encouragement. They had limited means, and without substantial uh, scholarship aid, I could not have gotten my college education. When I was in high school, I was an, actually an, an art student. I was in a special program in, in, in the high school. And while I had some interest in science, my career path was pointed in the direction of art. I can remember uh, purchasing a small book entitled Relativity by Albert Einstein. And I wanted, I was very curious about it. I wanted to read it and understand some of the significant parts of special relativity. It described how uh, moving yardsticks contracted and how moving clocks slowed down. And I read it, read it, struggled with it. And though I went through every step, I really didn't understand it. And, uh, but instead of really discouraging it, me, it really stimulated my curiosity even more. And I said to myself, this is something I really want to understand. And it also got me very much curious, very curious about many other aspects of the physical world. And when I was ready to graduate, uh, I was offered a scholarship at the Museum School of the Art Institute of Chicago. And I wanted to continue my education uh, to understand some of these things and actually broaden my view of the world. So instead of accepting the scholarship, I elected to uh, go to the University of Chicago. I was, uh, I was fortunately accepted there, and I got my undergraduate and graduate education there. I received my PhD there in, in 1956, uh, specializing in experimental particle physics. In particle physics, we try to understand the structure of matter, the parts of matter, the the components, the most fundamental components. We try to understand what the forces are uh, which, between these components. At the present time, we believe that the smallest building block of nature, of matter, is the quark. The quark is exceedingly small. It's actually smaller than anything we can measure. Uh, to give you some idea of how small it is, if the atom were as large as the Earth, the quark would be smaller than a quarter of an inch. And it may be a good deal smaller than that. Uh, there is a fundamental principle in physics, and in, uh, namely that in trying to measure something in the subatomic world, the smaller the object that you want to measure, the more energy that one must use. And that, and that is why we physicists uh, continually want to build larger and larger accelerators. And in fact, the the current accelerator being constructed uh, 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 is being constructed south of Dallas. It's called the Superconducting Supercollider. It, it will be uh, 54 miles in circumference. It will produce 40 trillion electron volts. I'm, I think that it's very possible that some of you students in the audience may end up working there. I, anyways, I hope so. At the, the outstanding questions we have uh, are the following. There are many outstanding questions, but with, with regard to the structure of matter, uh, how big is the quark? What is the size? 
Is the quark made up of smaller objects? Is there another scale of matter? Now, with this new accelerator, one will be able to look at these, these particles with a magnification about 100 times bigger. So perhaps some very fundamental discoveries will occur as a result of this work. The understanding or the quest for the understanding of the structure of matter is a very old question. Uh, in ancient times, there were all kinds of models about how matter was constructed. And the feeling that one has in being, being able to contribute and participate in this great intellectual uh, endeavor is a wonderful feeling. It's a tremendous exhilaration. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful adventure. Uh, I'm often asked, now that I've won the Nobel Prize, what are my goals? What goals do I have left? And actually, when I hear this question, I'm really quite surprised because I think one does not really go into science to win prizes. One goes into science to understand nature. One goes into science to understand the most fundamental aspects of the world. And in that sense, there is a great similarity between science and the humanities because each of these disciplines wants to create a certain image of the world, each in its own terms. And the wonderful the ability to take part in this great cultural quest is a wonderful, it's a wonderful uh, thing to be able to do, to do. My second goal is to prepare the next generation of students. Because in addition to the great joy in understanding something, there is a great joy in teaching students about the mysteries of nature. I, I get a special pleasure out of lecturing in special relativity because of the special circumstances uh, in which I began my career in physics. The looking at a student's face light up when one communicates a, a new idea, creates a new insight, is something that brings intense pleasure. There are many, many talented students sitting in the audience. It's a marvelous group of people I've enjoyed enormously my conversations. Those of you who have great curiosity in the physical world, I hope you will consider a career in science. It's a wonderful career in the following sense. It's a career I found personally very satisfying. Where else can one get paid for solving very interesting puzzles of one's own choice? Uh, it's, an ever end, it's a never-ending quest to solve such puzzles. So I hope that some of, the views, some of you who are in the audience and who have interest in this direction will join this great intellectual adventure. Thank you.